Welcome to the Digital Workplace Podcast. These are conversations with CEOs of digital companies, thought leaders, and solution providers about how you can become a level five digital workplace. For the show notes and transcript of this episode, go to thedigitalworkplace.com. Well, welcome back to the Digital Workplace Podcast. Today, our guest is Deidre Pucknut. She is the CEO and co-founder of Workboard. Hey, Deidre, how are you today? I'm great. Nice to be on your show. Yeah, I'm very excited to have you on our show. It's a fun time to be talking with you. You have a, a cool company and a cool product that you get into. But before we do that, I do want to start off with a uh, what we call a CAPTCHA question, which is a kind of surprise for you. Uh, we just want you to prove your humanity. So your question that you're unprepared for is, what Olympic sport would you love to compete in? Assuming that you had trained, you had prepared, everything qualified, what's a sport you'd love to be in the Olympics in? Downhill skiing. Downhill skiing. Man, like the, the super fast slalom stuff? No, not slalom, downhill. <laughs> okay. <laughs> steeper run. <laughs> yeah. That's it, man. I feel like that, that's a fun thing. I, I never grew up around mountains, so that the even thinking about downhill skiing is like, oh man, that's totally foreign for me. Yeah. For myself... I've always had this obsession with like wanting to be a good curler because it kind of reverses the question, but it's like, it's the one sport that I feel like, even if I started now, I could still make it into the Olympics. I don't need to start like as a, as a six-year-old training for it. So that's the one I always hold out on. Modifying your, your dreams so you can still live them. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I live. (laughs) Well, cool. Well, Deidre, tell us about Workboard. uh, What is it and and how did it get started? Yep. Workboard's a software company that helps its customers get everybody aligned on the strategic priorities, really capture and memorialize those, make those very transparent so that teams are super clear on the outcomes they drive and members of the team have that transparency wherever they happen to work. And along with that alignment, we think about simplifying the effort it takes for teams and for companies to drive accountability. So Hmm. we automate a bunch of things like management dashboards and monthly business reviews and all the kind of, if you will, that archaeology that businesses do to try and say, where where are we going and where are we now? And it's a key topic. There's a term that's often used here. We call talk about OKRs. That's something we'll get into in a second. But first, I want to talk about the concept of growth drag, which is something we discussed as we were preparing for this, this topic. Tell us what you mean by growth drag. Where have you seen that elsewhere? And what do leaders hear when they hear that term? Yeah. So to me, growth drag is a, in some ways, a, a kind of a visceral statement, but it, it describes the sort of experience and the impact of I'll say misalignment, misdirection, misguided efforts, and a lack of focus. So if you've got 100 people or 100,000 people, and 50 of them don't know where we're going, don't know what it is we're trying to accomplish, or 50 of them have a set of assumptions about what we're trying to accomplish, but the assumptions are hard to see and are not in fact aligned, then your 100-person or 100,000-person effort has a lot of growth drag. Half of the people on the journey aren't headed in the right direction. And so you get half as far, half as fast. And that's drag on the organization's potential to grow and potential to drive results. Yeah, and I think we've all seen that or felt that or been in the middle of that when you're involved in a project or a company where like everything 
you have the people in line that you need. You, you feel like you have the funding to do it, but you're just not getting there. You're not, you're not getting to that place. And if you look around, it's like, well, what's our problem? It just feels like it, when companies reach a certain stage, that becomes a very, very real thing that they deal with. Have you talked to a lot of people who feel that same feeling? Yeah, actually, at WorkBoards, obviously, we provide an OKR platform and the software that helps us know what we set out to achieve. But we also provide and do a lot of OKR coaching, which is actually helping teams get aligned in the first instance, right? Mm -hmm. And we do that maybe over the years now, we've probably done 10,000 OKR sessions from executive teams and very large organizations to tech support teams at the front line in startup organizations and everything in the middle. And 99.5% of the teams that we set out to do an alignment session, 99.5% of them thought they were aligned going in and found out in an hour that they weren't aligned. They were just dozens of assumptions Mm. that everybody was operating on. And they really didn't have clarity and alignment on what it is they were trying to achieve and, and how they would define success for that. And so we, we really operate our businesses on a high degree of assumption and a low degree of alignment. And when you put people in a room and start talking about what we're trying to accomplish, you find out how much assumption is you're driving with rather than how much alignment you're driving with. Where I think there's a kind of a shift forward is when you start to think on the other side of that, okay, we are really, really clear on our intentions. We're really, really clear on how we measure success if we achieve those intentions. Mm -hmm. Part of it is get to a common language, common syntax, and then that starts to make it easier to actually have the conversation and then get aligned and stay aligned over time. I see it a lot with people who are are founders, who at the start, it feels like everyone's aligned, everyone knows what's going on. But then why is it that they just, they feel like, okay, ours is something, okay, I'll get to that later. It's like getting an exercise routine. Okay, one day when when things are improving, then yeah, we should do OKRs, they're important, but I'm not ready for them yet. What is it about that that level of company that, that sometimes it's hard to get over and cross before people start thinking about these OKRs? Yeah, great question. So when you're a small company, right, when you have, let's say, 20 people or less, alignment, iteration, and focus come absolutely free. Mm. They're so natural. They're so a part of what that first five people, first 10 people, first 20 people are doing. You are continuously iterating. You're continuously challenging your hypotheses, and you're maniacally focused on testing and proving out those hypotheses. It's the nature of starting something, right? And it's mm-hmm. it's natural in that environment. What happens is after you get a little bit of success at that and you start, right? And you're running and operating and you add people who are joining to help to drive scale as opposed to invent, which is what's happening in that first five, 10, 20 people. Mm-hmm. As you to add scale, you start to add people and you start to think about how do you refine and scale, what happens is you don't have or you lose the free alignment and free iteration and free focus that you had earlier. You have to then start to be intentional about iterating every quarter on what your assumptions are and realigning on 
what your hypothesis is next and forward. And you have to get really intentional about driving focus because as you start to get bigger, there are a zillion things you could focus on, mm-hmm. but there are very few that you should focus on. That's true at every single team level. So as you start to grow, it you need to shift to intentionally doing that which was natural and built in for free in the beginning. You've got to get intentional as you start to scale. And I think one of the things we found is, while it's not crucial in the beginning to do OKRs or use a method, what is helpful is betting on your own success. So if we start with a common syntax for how we're going to frame our intentions and how we're going to define and measure success and what and how we're going to focus, we have a common language for that from the beginning. As we add 10 people, they come into one language and can quickly understand what's being said and how and, and understand the framework for what we're aligned on, how we iterate and, and what we focus on. And then when you add 100 people, you had a really strong muscle motion that really works. And in our case, when you had 80 people in a quarter, as we did in Q1 this year, hmm. they drop right into immediately being able to understand where we're going, what strategic priorities are, what our intent is at every single team, what outcomes every team's trying to drive and how it all fits in the big picture. In other words, they can just drop into contributing to the business we're trying to grow. And so when you're young, you might think about it not as, do we need it yet? You might think about what are the foundational things I need to put, to have in place to grow the company quickly, not just this week, but just to grow this company, period. Yeah. The other thing I would say is don't let the acronym get in the way, <laughs> right? Like, do we need OKRs? Nobody needs OKRs. Ask this question and said, do we need to be results aligned, clear about our intentions, iterate quickly and be really, really focused? Because the answer to those questions is yes. Right. Or two, do I need another process is no. Yeah, definitely. I hear that. And I really like that you bring up the idea of iteration because I think a lot of people who are in that founder level, that 20 and below, they feel like, yeah, we have our mission. We have our objective. We have our ultimate goal. It's out there. We've been talking about it since the beginning. It's been going and going and going. And they may not realize that that has changed. And once they cross that 25, 30, 50 people, that there is an iteration that didn't get discussed. And now even maybe the founder is assuming that we're still operating off of, at least their communication is still off of earlier ideas, but but things have changed and, and we haven't updated those. I think that's a really important piece a lot of people don't think about. I think we we should, in two, we iterate kind of in two cycles, right? Or two arcs. So there's short-term iteration every quarter. Mm-hmm true outside, what's true inside, what's our hypothesis on how we create the most value in the next 90 days, how are we going to measure it, go, right? We iterate every quarter. The world moves that fast right now. And then there's our long range, long arc, sort of what's the North Star, what's our vision and our mission. And that I think we should be clear about the assumptions it's predicated upon. And those assumptions, the market's this big, these customers will buy, they will get this value, et cetera, right? And there's there's probably six, eight major assumptions that underpin our North Star, our, our vision, right? Those assumptions should ultimately connect to and be informed by the quarter over quarter results data you get. Hmm. 
Did those customers really buy? Is the market really that big? Can you really penetrate it that quickly, et cetera? And so this, if you think about it as two loops, the short quarter cycle of high iteration, high urgency, high focus, which is really also high learning. And then the longer cycle, that is our longer range vision and our North Star that's iterating more slowly, right? So we're not, it's not chaos and we don't, we're not going anywhere. We're going, right? We have a long-term plan, but it's also not brittle, fixed, and uninformed by our current experience and what we've learned in the last 90 days. So think of those as sort of two cycles, one smaller, faster, and one longer, slower in the same orbit. Did you, can you tell us about your own experience in this? I mean, you talk about adding 80 people in a quarter. You guys are in growth stages. What's been growth drag for you? Like, has it been pretty easy? Like, have you been able to set the foundations and, and it's, you've been a success story or you've had, you had bumps along the way, turbulence types of things, or what have you experienced? So first, I, I think it's hugely important to say there is no bump free ride. Yeah. Like the idea that there's overnight success or the idea that there is a pain-free entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial journey. It's just, just, it's just a lie. It's a fraud. <laughs> sure. Don't buy in there. <laughs> um, I, I think for us, the, uh, obviously we were born on OKRs. And we, <laughs> we use our own right rhythm, et cetera. Right. And so I don't, that's not where a, our bumps are. Right. Because that's, that's a, um, pretty smooth and, and pretty structured process. And it's incredibly transparent. Our, that rhythm just works in our business, right? And so that's not where we hit growth headwinds and so on. Where uh, one of the biggest bumps for us is, and I, and I shared it, this situation, I think with quite a few entrepreneurs and, um, and co-founders in my kind of our stage, right? So in 2020, there was, we, we entered 2020 uh, at super high speed, higher invest. We just closed a round of funding with that Andreessen Horowitz had led. And so we were like, okay, let's invest hard. And then 90 days later, you don't, there's clearly going to be a recession, right? There's, you don't have any idea whether the impact on your customers' industries is cataclysmic or temporary, right? And so you slow down investment, yeah. pause that. And then for us, by the by Q3 and Q4, super clear that, in fact, the pandemic situation made our, our offering more important. So we had to accelerate back to super high speed. And that accelerate, stop, accelerate, that's bumpy motion for us, for sure. Mm, that, yeah. And what I, I'm like a whole bunch of other entrepreneurs saying, I wish I'd known in Q2 what I learned in Q3, right? Because it things a little bit differently, but that sort of uh, the stop start, uh, I think that's hard. Things, and it's particularly hard uh, for us and I think for most people on uh, in an environment where, our, well, our business needed to restart and accelerate really, really quickly, the world around us was still incredibly chaotic. 
And so that that was bumpy for the company, bumpy for the human beings in the company. Well, let's keep talking about human beings because that's another topic that we want to get into. We've been in this pandemic for more than a year now. Another growth drag that we often feel is this drag of needing to recharge, needing to kind of get going. I know that's been difficult across the country. You're located in the heart of Silicon Valley, and obviously you guys have been under a little bit more of a lockdown than either some other areas. What's that been like for you personally and for your team in terms of trying to find this recharge that we used to get all the time, but haven't really been able to experience? Yeah, it's an awesome question. I think in some ways, right, every every quarter, kind of the last five quarters was like a whole year all by itself, right? Because the, the phases mm. of the, if you will, the pandemic and our reaction to it were so different, right? There was fear and paralysis in Q2 last year followed by, thank God we can go outside. Maybe it's going to be okay. <laughs> followed by, oh God, no, we can't. We have to go back to the bunker in Q4. Yeah. Followed by, it's a new year. It's all going to end in Q1. Followed by vaccines. Thank God. I'm so tired. Right. And in this, I'm so tired wondering, okay, but why am I so tired, right? Why? I, I didn't travel 150,000 miles as I would have, and that's tiring. Like, why am I so tired? And it, uh, you and I chatted about this a bit before. It's, I think it's because the, uh, the things we would have done that are kind of renewing to us, renewing our spirit, renewing our energy, like meeting with family, going out with friends on the weekend, right? The, the, social interaction and personal stuff that is also how we create time off for our brain, not just for our body. I think that um, for me anyway, that, that missing that is giant. Like that's, that's why I'm tired, not actually tired of phone calls, not actually tired of talking to my teammates and my customers. I love that. Why I'm tired is there's nothing besides that. That's like feeding my, energy and bringing energy in. And so I've started to be a lot more conscious, energy conscious specifically, and like blocking time on my calendar, like big blocks over the week. So I have time to think, I have time to pause, I block time to exercise, block time to go outside. And then I put those, that same topic, like time to think and time off. I put them on my, the e-staff agenda, like to think and breathe and recoup and recharge too, right? Like we have to have the energy for urgency. And I think partly it's my job to make sure that that happens. And so, for example, I just uh, told everyone like the first week of July, it's off. Mm. We're all off. 100% of us are off. Just and take your vacation you were going to take. But this week we're all off. It's it's mandatory refresh. <laughs> and then what is it that you hope people will do like during that time off? Because like we said, like if you just say, oh, shoo, okay, I'm not going to work, but I'm just going to sit at home and watch Netflix all week. Like that doesn't really recharge us in, in the same way. So what is it that you're really hoping from this time? And my bet is that in, in that week in July, most of the states will have vaccinated most of the adults in the United States. Mm-hmm. And my bet is it's pretty warm that week. <laughs> my bet is that the pent up need to uh, be outside and gather uh, will be 
will overwhelm anyone's desire to watch Netflix. And I'm, in fact, I'm predicting there's a decline in Netflix consumption in the third quarter of 2021. (laughs) Yeah, let's hope. What do you feel like you've learned about, like, obviously this is a, you know, we we hope, you know, once in a century type thing that comes around, but we're learning things about humanity. We're learning that, you know, we need these things to recharge. It's not just like stopping work. Like it's not just the absence of work, but you need the presence of something that recharges you and actually brings you back up to those things. Is there any way that you plan to change the way that your culture is in order to, to make sure that people feel that recharge and are almost like mandated to get that recharge so they come back to work fresh or or is there anything you're going to change? I don't think I'll make mandates forward future. I think in some sense that was, that's a function of the kind of locked up aspect of our last year. But to me, and and I'm an incredible optimist and um, to a fault, uh, to me, I sort of look at what are, what's the goodness that I want to take forward. And the thing that is um, that I I want to take forward is mm-hmm. I am overwhelmed by the humanity, the compassion, the kindness, and the connection that my team shared and showed each other in the last twelve or fifteen months. Just blown away by that. I'll pandemic with these people anytime. what i look at like the big macro scheme of things right we had shared experience at such a global level and it was so powerful and while it's easy to focus on the differences and the hate and all of the conflict i think there are a zillion more examples of our commonality of experience and of our compassion and for me and i think for lots of people if you pause right now and you think about the hardships that people you know and others experienced over this last year, if you bring that into your mind for two seconds, just quiet your mind and think about that. I think most of us feel, just physically feel more compassion for others than we have ever Mm -hmm. felt before. And I think that's our new connection. And to me, it's, all right, how do I take that forward? How do I not lose what we gained this year? Wow. I hear that so much and it resonates with me. And, and just thinking about, you know, our country in the U.S., uh, what a what a tumultuous year it was, just just from a society standpoint, not not even you know, taking out the pandemic and everything else we dealt with. And it seems, you know, you, you read one set of news headlines and it, it seems like we're more at each other's throats and, and divided than ever before. But when you really get into people's lives and see how we support each other and see what the positive things that did happen during the pandemic, you're like, wow, we, we really did great in a lot of ways. And we were much more united than before. So let's, I mean, th- I love the story and I hope that it's true for many people listening in that they also feel mo- that tighter bond with other people that they were in the middle of all this with and sense that empathy too. That, that's a great lesson. Yeah. We just tell those stories and let's keep living those stories. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Deidre, uh, where, where can people go to learn more about your product and about you? Workboard.com. You can find us there. And I'm on Twitter at Daydre. Um, Easy to find in both places. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Yeah, we loved having you. We hope to uh, bring you on again sometime to talk about these topics. Super important stuff, both on the the alignment side, avoiding assumptions, and then also on just realizing the the humanity of the people we're working with. So thank you for your time. And we look forward to talking with you again soon. All right. This has been the Digital Workplace Podcast. 
you liked it, please take a minute to leave a review wherever you found it. Go to thedigitalworkplace.com and sign up for our twice a month newsletter. It keeps you up to date on the best ways to build a level five digital workplace. Music for the show is provided by City of Sound. I'm your host, Neil Miller. Keep moving forward.